Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. I enjoy the multiplication effect when we worship together, don't you? Hmm. So think about that, um, his banner over us is love thing this week. And if you catch yourself wishing that his banner over you was something else, then go back to being loved and that other thing will get smaller. Right? Ah. So, <clears throat> when we were in California, uh, we heard this message at the mission uh, about declarations. And I, I knew some of it was not just for Joy and I, but it was, it was for all of us. So I, I want to look tonight at uh, a rather long passage in Numbers, uh, one that I've talked about a few times, but uh, we're, we're going to look at most of it tonight um, because it, it gives us some pretty powerful examples about what not to do when God is asking us to do something that is beyond us. And tonight we're, we're going to make some declarations uh, at the end. And, and I, I think it's going to change some things in, in the spiritual atmosphere. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, we, we should have no doubt that there's power in the spoken word. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, there, there are so many examples of that in, in the word, uh, beginning with Genesis chapter 1. Uh, God speaks creation into existence. And, and that's, that's about the most powerful example that we could look at. Uh, there's also a great deal of power in agreement and power in unity. Uh, and we, we could look at the Tower of Babel as maybe a not very good example, but uh, a real valid example. How the principles of God can can be used either way, uh, because they the principles of God are just how creation works. So uh, the thing is that we we all have an inheritance. We all have territory to possess, and. There's, there's a great thing about inheritance, and that is inheritance doesn't depend on you. 
It depends on your parents. <laughs> and our inheritance de- depends on our father who, who did everything for us. So our, our inheritance is, is sure and it's, it's secure. But taking possession of land, uh, that requires something from us. It, it is somewhat less sure. Uh, because we we can we can say no, and you know a few weeks ago I, I gave that message on the faithfulness of God. How if if we just continue to say yes and and obey God, then our our taking the land that is ours is going to be as sure as our inheritance. But, but we can say no. And so we, we just, we don't want to do that. So before we get into Numbers chapter 13, I, I, I just want to pray. Uh, Father, uh, we, we choose to rest in your goodness. Uh, I I thank you for the words of that song. Um, you, you don't leave even when we think you should. Uh, you're just so committed to us. So for us. And, and we thank you for that. And Father, I, I just ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon us. I ask for your words in my mouth uh, that you'd accomplish what you want to accomplish tonight. In Jesus' name. So, the idea that, that we all have a territory to take possession of, um, that's... That's not one of those obvious truths from Scripture, but it is true. And there, there's personal territory that has our name on it, but then uh, for the tribes, for this tribe, there's territory that's, that's for us to take. And... And it, it takes something different. And, and then there's, there's bigger territories uh, than, than what has our name on it. There's, there's a territory for the Church of Cheyenne to take. And, and, and we can't do that by ourselves. That, that takes a bigger group, takes a conglomeration of tribes. Uh, and and there's, there's even... Territory nationally, there's territory in the world for the church, and it's tied together. And the example that we see in Numbers 13 and 14 is, is I think, key, because there, there also is territory for a generation. 
to take. And a generation can say no. And, and that's, that's not good when that happens. And, you know, in, in my life, I, I think we saw an example of that. Because God was doing something in, in the early 1970s in, in our nation. And, and there were all of these crazy, long-haired, bell-bottom-wearing young people who were encountering God and coming to God and coming into church with their bell-bottoms and uh, their electric guitars and everything else. And the church didn't know what to do with them. Well, the church should have known what to do with them. And that was embrace them and say, hey, <laughs> welcome. If, if you found Jesus, <laughs> come on in. But, but the church wanted people who looked like them and talked like them and dressed like them and... Ooh, it's, I, I think there was something that could have happened that was bigger, much bigger than what happened. And so it's, I think it's painful to the Lord. I think it's, it's costly to the kingdom of heaven when, when a generation says no. And, and this, this is what we see uh, in Numbers 13 and 14. So I, I realize this is long, so we're going to skip a little bit of it that just has names. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's so much in here. Um, in, in this passage, we, we see the, the arising of... I think the first two intergenerational people in in the Word of God, Joshua and Caleb, and and I've I've talked about different people being intergenerational because, and and I always say that as as a a term of high esteem because if if you're intergenerational in in the kingdom of God, it means that you embraced what God had for your generation, but you didn't stop there. You, you kept receiving what God was giving the succeeding generations. And, and that's, that's a great thing. That's, that's how God wants us all to be. Um, so turn with me. If you don't have a Bible, uh, you can cheat and look at the screen. <laughs> Say actually put all of that on PowerPoint. <laughs> it was rather tedious. So here we go. Numbers 13. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. That's, 
That's key to the whole story, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. So these were leaders, recognized leaders. And these were their names, and I'm not going to go through all the names. We'll skip down to verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob near Lebo Hamath. They went up into the Negev, and came to Hebron, Ahimon, Shishai, and Telmai. The descendants of Anak were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came to the valley of Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two of them. Now those must have been some grapes. <laughs> I, I picture those grapes must have looked like the biggest plums you've ever seen. Or maybe even bigger than that, I, I don't know. And they also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkel because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation, and they showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out, spy it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants, 
And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So I'm going to stop there for a minute. Because we, we know these, these 12 guys, one from each tribe, a leader from the tribe, they, they went and they spied out the land for 40 days. And, and they, they discovered that it was, it was a great land. It, it flowed with milk and honey. It was everything that the Lord had said that it was. But, but the, there were very strong enemies to, to be overcome. And, and so we, we have two of the spies who have one report, and, and we have ten spies with a completely different report. And I can imagine that at night, the first few days, uh, that, that they would all talk together and, and share their stories and, and their insights. And, and I, I think early on, it, it became clear to Joshua and Caleb that the rest of the guys were not seeing the same thing that they were seeing. Uh, the two guys were, were looking with eyes of faith, seeing what the Lord had, had given them. And they, they were saying, this, this is so awesome. I want that property <laughs> for, for my family. That, that, is, that is what I want. And, and they, they saw with, with eyes of faith because they, they believed what the Lord had said. And, and the other guys, the, the other ten, they, they were just looking in the natural only. And they, they were saying, did you see the size of the wall around Jericho? How can we possibly scale that wall? How, how can we possibly breach it? There, did you see how thick the gates were when, when they were open? And, and, and they were talking themselves out of this whole thing from the very beginning. And, and by the time 40 days were over and they ended up back at the camp those 10 had decided we're, we're not doing this. And, and, and this is, in a sense, every generation has to deal with this. Because there, there are things that God wants to accomplish in, in his kingdom for every generation. And, and they are things that can't be done with just human knowledge 
human instincts, human strength. They're, they're things that can only be done by the Spirit. And, and that's why we have, uh, in, in the midst of one of the Old Testament stories, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. All the ten were looking at was the amount of might and power in the natural it would take to, to take on these enemies. And they, and they didn't see a way because they were not looking with eyes of faith. So their, their confession, their declaration was of hopelessness. Their, their words were, were of fear, <laughs> of, of defeat. Uh, they, they, were, they were creating a, a reality that should never have existed with what they were saying. Because you remember what the Lord said to Moses in the very first verse, or maybe the second verse, of, of chapter 13. Send the men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. It's, it's kind of like when, when Jesus told his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. <laughs> right? <laughs> And he, he decides to take a nap on the way over. And they, they become exceedingly concerned that they're not going to make it because what's coming against them is all they have eyes for. They, they forgot what God said. We're going to the other side. And these spies forgot what God said and they said, we, we can't do this. So now let's pick it up in, in chapter 14. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And it, it's interesting, I, I looked, because there's, there's a little bit of inconsistency in, in this chapter when when you look at the timing. So I, I looked at that Hebrew word that, that they wept that night. And it, it isn't always translated night. What it, what it literally means is they wept as, as the light was fading away. Because <laughs> their hope was fading away <laughs> because they they listened to the wrong report so they they were going as the light was fading away they were going from hope and faith to hopelessness and despair anyway you'll you'll see what i mean about that as we go on and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. 
Poor Moses. Uh, The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Oh man. God had made it so bad for them in Egypt so that they would absolutely never want to go back. But how many times in the wilderness do they say this? And, and how many times, I mean, we, we don't say, I want to go back to Egypt, but, but we go back to our old ways. We, we stumble and, and we, we end up doing things that we used to do that, that now we don't do. And how does that happen? Failure to see in faith will cause us to look backwards. And it causes us to, to see the things that were through rose-colored glasses. Because, because we don't want to go where God is going where God is saying to go. And it's, it's bad. <laughs> so Moses, picking up in verse 5, Moses and Aaron fall on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel. And this this is chance number two. Okay? They failed chance number one. But now, now we have opportunity number two. The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. (laughs) I love that. They are food for us, another translation. Their, Their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. That, that's the voice of faith. See, they, they had become convinced of what God, that God would do what he said he would do. Joshua and Caleb. They, they didn't doubt. They, they saw with their eyes of faith, that, that God would do this. Their, their protection is removed from them. 
and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And these, these are just human beings. Joshua and Caleb. But, but there is something that was different about them. And, and we find out later <laughs> that there was a different spirit at work in them. <laughs> and that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there, there were different spirits at work in the other ten and in the whole congregation. And, and those were spirits of fear, of despair, of hopelessness. Man, we, we don't want to go where those spirits will take us. We, we want to go where the Holy Spirit says to go. <laughs> Even if it looks like certain death. <laughs> and that's what it looked like to the other ten. This, this is certain death. The, did you see the size of those guys? I mean, what, what they said at the end of chapter 13 is ridiculous. <clears throat> that we, we appeared as grasshoppers to them. And we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. That, that I can see. But how did they know that they were like grasshoppers in the eyes of the other people? I don't think they asked them. So we've we got to pick up here in, in verse 10. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. Hmm. There's, there's a principle here that those who want to operate in the natural and have control are going to oppose those who want to move in the Spirit and walk in faith. It, has that changed? in about 4,000 years. Mm, not so much. It's, it's still that way. Those, those who want to see with natural eyes operate in human power and understanding only are always going to oppose those who, who can see doing the impossible because God said it can be done. And more specifically, because God says we're supposed to do it. Because <laughs> that, that's where it gets tough. Uh, when, when we're just talking about generalities, but when it's something God is saying to us, it becomes a little different. So it's encouraging that, that the Lord 
comes <laughs> and saves the lives of Moses, Aaron, and uh, Caleb and Joshua. Because it, it took the presence of the Lord coming in, in a visible form because all the, the rest of the nation was against them. <laughs> so, so God comes and saves their lives. <laughs> and then the Lord says to Moses, and I just have to wonder... I don't think it was the audible voice of the Lord or I think what happens later <laughs> maybe wouldn't have happened. Uh, I think the Lord is just speaking directly to Moses and not everybody can hear. So that makes the story make a little more sense. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. <laughs> so, so the Lord is, is offering to Moses, you, you can be my second Abraham. Right here. I'm going to get rid of these guys once and for all. And you and me, we're, we're going to start over. But Moses, uh, he, he had the heart of the Father. He, and and it's, it's just, it's amazing to me. The number of times that they came against him and, and how they came against him. Uh, and still, he, he cries out for them. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for you brought up this people in your might from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land, They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people, for you, O Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands over them, and you go before them, in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if you kill this people as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame will say, it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give to them that he has killed them in the wilderness. And now please let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised, saying, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now so many times. And, and so this, this is what, what is amazing to me about Moses. Is how much he knew God. Because we're, we're not told how he got this revelation. 
But, but I can tell you that the more time that we spend in, in nearness to God, you, you just get things from God. When, when you stay in His presence, you, you, you get understanding, you get revelation that you don't even know you have until later, and it just comes out. Or you just see things and you understand. And I think this is what we see in Moses. That when, when he said, I want to see your glory, and, and the Lord put him in that rock and passed by, I, I think he absorbed so much that that was why it said Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. And, and that's why, because of what happened to his heart by being so close to God in such proximity, it just, his heart was just, it wasn't a normal human heart anymore. So he could cry out to the Lord for, for these people and, and not ever want God to kill them. Because I'm, I'm telling you, a normal human leader would have wanted God to, to kill them and would have agreed with God at least once <laughs> when, when God made the offer. And that's, that's the only explanation that I can have of why Moses was the way that, that he was. And this, <clears throat> this is invitation to us to, to draw near to the Lord, to spend time in his presence. And, and you just don't know what treasure you're going to come away with but you will be changed by just being in his presence. Yeah. And, and you just, you can't stay away. <laughs> because there's, there's no one like him. So then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Now that's intercession. But truly as I live and as the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that verse is so interesting to me. Why the Lord would say that. I mean, he's, he's, he's like swearing by himself. And as, as true as this promise is, that my glory is going to cover the earth. <laughs> so should we have any doubt about that? We, we should have no doubt. His glory will cover the earth. <laughs> Just as this judgment came to pass, 
that he was about to say. None of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. And none of those who despised me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Now since the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valleys, turn tomorrow and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, who you said would become prey, I will bring in, and they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and shall suffer for your faithlessness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, a year for each day, you shall bear your iniquity, 40 years, and you shall know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this will I do to all this wicked congregation who are gathered against me in this wilderness. They shall come to a full end where they shall die. And the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing up a bad report about the land, the men who brought up a bad report of the land died by the plague before the Lord. Of those men who went to spy out the land, only Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive. And I will just give you a brief summary of the last part. Uh, <clears throat> they had a change of heart and said, okay, 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 let's, we'll go. <laughs> don't, don't be so angry, God. We, we will we'll go. Tomorrow, we're, we will go. And Moses says something like, you fools. <laughs> this, this is no longer on the table. This, this option has been pulled. Uh, and and they, they actually tried it, and uh, it, it did not go well. Uh, so... <clears throat> I think what, what I want us to see <laughs> is, is the importance 
of, of seeing with eyes of faith. Uh, and, and something that I've said a few times, uh, are, are you going to believe the facts or the truth? See, Caleb and Joshua had the truth. The other ten had the facts. Which is greater? There's no comparison. Uh, everything the ten said was true, but it was not congruent with the truth. So there was something wrong with their perspective on the facts. <laughs> because there, there was something bigger at work here. And... And this is something that, that I think we as individuals have to work through, understand sometimes. It, it's something that uh, a church fellowship has to work through and, and understand sometimes. It's, it's something that a generation has, has to work through and understand is, is that the God of heaven has a plan, and he, he has things that he wants accomplished. And individually, our, our part may be rather small, and, and it is very small for us each individually. It, it's a little bigger when it involves a, a tribe of us, and, and a little bigger when it's, when it's a whole city, and it's, it's huge when it's a whole generation. That's why the Bible has so much to say about the generation that lives at the time of the day of the Lord. And, and we, we have to understand that it's, it's possible that we could be that generation. I, personally, I, I believe it's also possible that our generation could, could choose not to be the bride who has made herself ready and postpone things. And I pray that does not happen. Uh, so I, I want to do everything that I can do to, to be a, a person of the presence of the Lord and, and a, a man of faith who, who remembers the things that God has said. And I, I want to take you to a, a real short passage in, in Luke because it, it has a a couple really important things to say. It's, it's when the angel is visiting Mary and giving her the news that she's been chosen to, to be the mother of the Messiah. 
And, and the angel, in, in response to Mary's question of, the angel has just told her everything that's, that's going to happen, and, and she has, I, I mean, you've you got to have some sympathy for, for Mary. I mean, an angel standing here telling her that, that she's about to be the mother of, of the Savior, the Messiah, and, and she... And it's going to happen by the Holy Spirit. And she says, "How is this possible? I'm, I'm a virgin." And <laughs> and the the angel says, "For nothing will be impossible with God." And and if you look that up in the Amplified, it, it says something like, "No word of God is without the power to accomplish it." In other words, nothing that God has said he will do <laughs> has any problem in happening. <laughs> and, and so that, that applies to you, it applies to me, it applies to us, it applies to a generation. And then Mary has the exact right response because she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. <laughs> and and that's, that's all we have to remember. Uh, we, we have been at a place as, as a tribe, as, as a fellowship, where it, it has been a challenge to believe some of the things that God has said that he would do. But I, I am encouraged. Uh, the weariness is leaving, and I'm praying for the weariness to leave all of us. I'm, I'm praying for any doubt to be removed from us. God has plans for this tribe in this city. And our response needs to be, God, let it be done according to your word. Let, let what you have said take place. And and we we will not hinder you by saying no because as in the case of numbers 13 and 14 the only thing that could have prevented that generation from going in and taking the land was what took place they said no. No. God, we see what a great land this is, but there, there is risk. The, the giants live in that land. What about our children? 
if, if only they, they had listened to the two voices of faith, to Caleb, who said, <clears throat> this is an incredible land, and we are well able to take it. There, the protection of these people has been removed. They, they are going to be filled with fear, and the Lord is, is going to give it to us. And the, the whole story would have, would have been completely different. But, but that whole generation, uh, they, they had to be judged. Because, and, and this is something that, that we, as the people of God, we, we've got to come to grips with, is the way that God has chosen for his kingdom to work. It's that we... We have to believe what we cannot see because God said it. And, and we, we have to say yes and do what he said even though our individual parts may be quite small and, and he will do it. But it is not, it's not natural. <laughs> it's not natural for us human beings to operate that way. From, from the time we're, we're small, we're, we're, we are taught to trust what we see. <laughs> to, to believe what we see. That it's not rational to, to believe what we can't see. And, and to go after that which, which we could not possess. But which maybe God says is ours. If, if we will just obey him. So... I want us to consider, okay, given that there's power in words, power in agreement, what, what are you finding yourself speaking into right now? Faith or doubt? Hope or hopelessness or defeat? Life or death? What, what kind of future are, are we creating with our words? Are, are we building chaos? Are, are, we, are we building into hopelessness? Or are we building in faith something which does not yet exist, but which God has said, will exist.
So, <laughs> there are a couple things that, that I want us to declare tonight. Uh, would you put the first one of those up, up there, Bev? See, God has spoken things to us as a tribe that have not yet come to pass. And, and they are big things related to the harvest in, in this city and this region. And I'm not giving up. And I want us, as a tribe, to declare that we're not giving up. So would you stand? <laughs> and I want us to declare this together. I'll say it and then you can say it together. We are not giving up. We have an assignment, and we're going after our territory. Yes. <laughs> Next one. This is important. We cast off weariness, and we take up our place in this city. Yes. Next one. God is with us. I might say God is still with us. He has destiny for us. And we will pursue him and his plans for us. And he will do it. Yes. <laughs> now there's one more thing. This is not so much a declaration. But I believe the Lord uh, wants us to do this together. Uh, this is, you can put that last one up there. Uh, Yeah, something was stolen from us and there was injustice in it and it was the work of the enemy. Although, God has been doing quite a bit to prepare us for our destiny through this process. Because as I was preparing for the message tonight, uh, I really felt like, like this was from the Lord, that, that when we did the solemn assembly, we essentially, we put ourselves in, in the place of Moses, crying out for mercy for our city, our state, and our nation. 
I, I feel like the Lord said, well, okay. If, if you're willing to do that, then I have more for you. And no, we've not seen it yet, but I believe we're going to. And I believe that when we together appeal to heaven for justice, that it's going to start some things moving for us. So we, as a people, appeal to heaven for justice, for the building that was stolen from us by the enemy. Now you guys say it. And we trust you, Lord, as the God of justice and the God who provides. And we know that you have good for us. So we thank you, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be people who see with eyes of faith, who believe the truth at a much higher level than we trust the facts as we see them. And Lord, we, we say together, uh, let it be done to us according to your words and your will. For the glory of your Son. Amen. Whew! I think some things changed <laughs> in the last few minutes. Hmm. <laughs> That's all I've got.